guys what is up what is happening how are all the things you are rocking with cheryl and natty on the shades of strong podcast where we are doing our part to dismantle the myths and the stereotypes of the strong black woman by creating safe and sacred spaces for black women to uncase unmask and unhide so that they can be whatever shade of strong that feels right for them. And today is day 29 of our uncaping, unmasking, and unhiding series. Wow. I know, right? Day 29, y'all. Wow. Okay. And it has been a joyous and transformative. It has. It has. Yeah, it's been good. So for the last 28 days, we have taken you on a journey of uncasing, unmasking, and unhiding four popular television characters from four popular television shows. Olivia Pope, Cookie Lion, Lion. And Mary Jane Paul, and like we said, it has been quite the journey. So the purpose of the purpose of this journey for Natty and myself was to identify the cape and the mask that each of these characters wears, and then began to peel back, aka unhide, the layers of those masks and capes so that we could get an inside look at why they do life the way they do life. Because when we see them on television, we just see them as these amazingly powerful Black women kicking ass and snatching edges. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, that's what we see on television. But Natty and I wanted to dig a little deeper to get to the root of the ass kicking and the ass snatching. Yeah, snatching. <laughs> so, that's yes, what we did yes. over the last 20 days. So, yeah, let's run it back real quick. Day one, we started with Olivia Pope and we looked at people pleasing and second chances because we determined that those were her, that was her cape and her mask. They ate Cookie Lion. People proving and being a ride or die chick. Day 15, Annalise Keating, the master performer and the master manipulator. And day 22, Mary Jane Paul, the perfectionist and the rescuer. So if you haven't listened to the episodes, but you've taken our Superwoman quiz and you find that you are Annalise Keating, then you will start on day 15. Day 15, yeah. Yeah. Or you could just listen to all of them. You can just listen to all of them because they're all quite valuable. Because like Natty and I have mentioned before, each of us has some of all of these ladies Mm -hmm. in us. Some of the characteristics are just more dominant than others. So the results of the quiz reveal which archetype or which character is most dominant in you. But again, we all possess a little bit of all of them. So if you want to listen to all of them, just listen to all of them. Just, you know, whatever suits your fancy. So, yeah, so that's what we've been doing over the last 28 days, and it's been good. It's been really, 
really good. Yes, it re- it really has. Here we are at the start of a new month, and I'm like, whoa! The whole month of October, we were doing this. That's, we did that's that. wild. We really did. <laughs> so yeah, there were four masks that we identified for these four characters: people pleasing, people prover. Mm-hmm. Master performer mm-hmm. and the perfectionist. And as we pulled back the layers of the four women, we discovered that each of them had some lived experiences, some unhealed mm-hmm. trauma dating back to childhood that contributed to the ass kicking and the ass snatching that we saw on the screen. So that unhealed or unresolved trauma dating back to childhood actually contributed to the way they do life. And so Again, that was our whole purpose of this series, so we can peel back the layers and, you know, see why <laughs> Olivia Pope was, you know, just wanting to please people and just handing out second chances like Oprah hands out cars. So, yeah, we did that. <laughs> but because here's the deal, ladies. Black women didn't just wake up one morning and decide, hey, I'm going to throw on this cape and this mask, and this is how I am going to do life. We didn't do that. We didn't wake up with the desire to hide who we really are. Right. We, like the superwoman archetypes by way of Olivia Cookie, Annalise, and Mary Jane Paul, have lived experiences that put us on the path of the Black Superwoman Syndrome or the Strong Black Woman Syndrome, whichever one you want to call it, because they are both one in the same, in my opinion. And if you are not familiar with that syndrome, the strong black woman or the black superwoman syndrome is the syndrome where black women are expected to be the problem solvers, the chief everything officer. They are expected to mm-hmm. be all the things to all the people. When I say they, I'm talking about myself too. <laughs> We're expected to never buckle, to never feel, to never express an emotion and never put our needs above anyone else's not our children's not our employers not our spouses not our parents nobody (laughs) and even though we know that this type of life is detrimental to our mental and emotional well-being somehow we always find ourselves in that space but natty and i (laughs) are here to disrupt the madness mm-hmm. because this whole idea of if you want it handled, give it to a black woman because she's strong. This all of that is just smoke and mirrors straight from the pit of patriarchy. People say that because they want us to handle it. They give it to us because they don't want to be bothered. So them right. saying, hey, give it to a black woman. She's strong. She can do it. That is not a compliment. Again, Smoke and mirrors straight from the pit of patriarchy. Right. We ain't having it no more <laughs> because I am not superhuman. You are not superhuman. We are nobody's superwoman. And we do not have to handle everything for everybody. You deserve, I deserve, we deserve the same protections, respect, and liberties afforded to other women. And that's why it is so important for us to go below the surface so that we can get to the core 
of what causes us to subject ourselves to this like to this type of lifestyle because we can come into the awareness that we are living our lives a particular way and know that change needs to be made and we'll stop doing it for a little bit we'll stop doing a little bit of this and we'll stop doing a little bit of that but even in our stopping we're only dealing with the symptoms of the syndrome not the cause and if we don't deal with the cause we are just slapping a band-aid on it and we don't want the band-aid we want it healed (laughs) so yeah that is the purpose of this series and what we learned from the ladies in this series is that they had a whole lot of trauma some more than others but at the end of the day they each had a lot of unresolved trauma in their lives that forced them into a life of caping, masking, and hiding. The reality is this stuff is ingrained in us. It's embedded in our psyche, and we cannot free ourselves from it without getting to the root of what caused it. And that is going to require us to heal our emotional wounds. It's going to require us to heal heal our emotional scars. It's going to require us to heal the trauma that caused a lifestyle of caping, masking, and hiding. And that's what we did with these four characters. We went beneath the surface because Mm -hmm. it's time for Mm -hmm. Black women to heal from the things that has us convinced that a cape life a masked masked life is the best life. And perhaps you're saying, I don't want to live my life like that anymore. (laughs) I get it, girl. (laughs) I say that too, but the reality is I have definitely made some improvements in that area. But I actually do still kind of, sort of, live my life like that. And that's because I am still living with some unhealed trauma in various areas of my life and I have not effectively dealt with that trauma. So today, so today I thought it would be it would be good to talk about some of the barriers to healing. Like what is keeping us from getting the healing that we need so that we can dish this the uh superwoman, strong black woman lifestyle, the superwoman slash Strong black woman lifestyle, but with, but before we do that, let's get clear on what trauma is, because some of you listening are probably hesitant to admit that you have unhealed trauma because you're not really sure what it is. Most of us think that trauma has to be some type of catastrophic event, but it has been my experience that trauma is less about what took place and more about the long-term effects that it has on your life. When you experience a traumatic event, your, your nervous system is altered. And that means that the safety or your internal safety has been disrupted. And when your internal safety is disrupted, the way you interpret and react to life's uncertainties is no longer the same. 
having said that, trauma is anything that pre- trauma is anything that prevents you or keeps you from returning to a normal state of internal safety. Because we there's something in us, there's something inside of us that that makes us feel safe. That makes us feel feel safe. And when that something is disrupted, when it's thrown out of balance, then that causes us to react and to respond to life differently. And that's why it's called unhealed or unresolved trauma, because you haven't been able to, for a variety of reasons, to go back to that safe space that resides in you. It, that safe space that resides in you has not yet returned to normal. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it hasn't yet returned back to normal. And when it hasn't returned back to normal, then you have unhealed or resolved trauma because you don't know how to deal with, how to properly and effectively deal with life's unexpected circumstances. But yeah, we'll talk a little more about that in the Sister Circle of Healing. Like Natty and I have said before, these 30-minute episodes are just not enough to go, or it's not enough time for us to go deep into that type of thing. But we would definitely deal with it some more in the Sister Circle of Healing. And the link for the Sister Circle of Healing will be in the show notes of this episode. So yeah, let's get into it. What are some barriers that keep us from getting the healing that we need? I feel like I could I could put together a little mini booklet, not a huge booklet, but like a little mini booklet and call it and call it Natty's Barriers to Healing. And each page would be a different barrier to healing. One of those barriers to healing for me, in particular for Natty, is relying on trauma responses while being unaware that they're trauma responses. Right. A lot of the things that I've done in the past to, I guess, in my mind, protect myself and, you know, thinking I was you know, being wise or just using common sense or whatever, they were actually just responses to trauma. Like one example, just biting my tongue because it's like, well, you know, you could open your mouth and say something that might hurt somebody because you've done that before. So, hey, just, just bite your tongue. Don't say that thing. But if I really think about it, that's actually a trauma response because I got silenced a lot in my home and I could not express how I was really feeling. So I would, for the most part, avoid conflict. There were times when I wouldn't, but for the most part, I would. And when I would avoid conflict, a lot of times, almost all the time, it was because I was putting the onus on myself to not be hurtful to someone else even if I myself was being hurt. I think that is a trauma response. And I say being unaware because I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a trauma response before four or five years ago. So I was unaware this whole time. And I was relying on these different actions that I was taking. Another barrier to healing, it's for me, and it's related to that, is thinking that your trauma responses equal your personality. And so if you think your personality is just this way, then yeah, you're not going to think that needs healing. That's just who you are. That's just how you operate. And that isn't true, first of all. And second of all, you can do things to amend, I think. This is just my opinion. You can do things to amend your your personality. You can change 
patterns of behavior, patterns of thinking, all of that, all of that can be changed. And so you don't always have to fall back on, oh, well, that's just me. Well, I mean, it's not just you. And even if it were just you, it doesn't mean that you can't change and evolve over time. But if we think that that's, if we take the word personality and equate it to something that is concrete, unmovable, unchangeable, then yeah, we are going, we're going to just stay where we are and we aren't going to heal. We aren't going to change. And if we think the way we're moving through life uh, in the context of our trauma responses is our personality, then yeah, that's going to be a major barrier to healing because it's a hard pill to swallow to find out that the way you've been doing things is not healthy for you. And especially when you think you can't change those things because it's your personality. So yeah, those have been two barriers of healing for me. Those are barriers that I am happy to say I am breaking through. And so in the little booklet of Maddie's barriers to healing, I can I can put a little green check mark on them, on that those pages or something. I don't know. And the green check mark just indicates that I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. Not that I have arrived because Maddie and I have said a number of times, a number of times that healing is a continuous journey. So right, the green check right. mark simply indicates that I'm doing my work. Check. Yes, I'm glad you said that. For me, yes, the green check mark just means, oh, now I'm aware of that thing. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't mean that I have arrived. Because y'all know me and Natty, we're constantly saying we are arriving. We have not yet arrived. We are arriving. There's no point of arrival, honestly, in this life. The more the, the more I go on and on through my day to day the less I believe that. The, the, the journey itself is the point of arrival because a lot of people don't ever start the journey anyway. Right. When you were talking about how we often say, that's just my personality. Along those same lines, one of my barriers to healing is, air quotes, it runs in my family. And what, you know, and as I've been doing my work, what I'm learning is, it does not run in my family. Trauma <laughs> runs in my family. And it does not run in your family. Trauma runs in your family. It looks like it runs in my family because it's generational. My mother didn't deal with it. My grandmother didn't deal with it. Nobody dealt with the trauma that caused it, whatever it is. and. And they haven't dealt with it because like Natty, Natty was saying, we don't know that it's trauma. Right. And if you're not brought into the awareness that something within you is affecting the way you're doing life, then you cannot heal whatever that something is. So the superwoman, strong black woman syndrome doesn't run in your family. (laughs) Trauma runs in your family. And even if it does run in your family, let's just say, for instance, it does run in your family. That doesn't mean that it's not changeable. Right, right. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of us don't recognize air quotes it as trauma because when we think of trauma, we often think of a disastrous event. We associate it with sexual abuse, domestic abuse, child abuse, you know, the big stuff, the air quotes big stuff the um, air quotes hard stuff. But again, trauma is more about 
our response to an event than it is the event itself. I remember a few years ago hearing someone say something about trauma not being the event, but your body's reaction to it. Because I always thought, well, trauma is an event, you know. And so I was, I was like, oh, I never really thought about that because what's horrible for one person might not be as horrible for, for another person. And I know that's like a loaded thing to say. I'm not saying that any kind of abuse is not going to be so bad from one person to another. There are things I think we can all agree on that these things are just universally bad, but things that are a little bit more nebulous, like, well, moving from one place to another, relocating. For some people, it's fine. And for other people, their bodies have a completely different reaction to it. I, I, I personally have been learning this for the last two months. So I, I looked up the word and it says, uh, this is from the American Psychological Association. It says trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, or natural disaster. Immediately after the event, shock and denial are typical. Longer-term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships, and even physical symptoms like headaches or nausea. And then a little further down, it's from a different website. It talks about different types of trauma. So there's acute trauma, which results from a single incident, like a weather disaster or a really bad accident or something like that. Chronic trauma, which is repeated and prolonged such as domestic violence or abuse, so like chronic trauma being emotional reactions to things that are that continue to happen to you. And then complex trauma is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events, often of an invasive interpersonal nature. So that seems a little bit related to chronic trauma to me, but maybe on a grander scale, like the things that we talk about, like societal things. Because I personally think, you know, something like microaggressions, that's trauma for me because my body has a very visceral reaction. Racism, your, the emotional reaction to all of that, your body's reaction to that, racism is traumatic. Misogyny is traumatic. Like those things are definitely traumatic. And I think it's important that we, that we understand the distinction about it being about our reactions to it because someone who is racist or has never who has never been on the receiving end of racism they're not going to think it's bad they're not going to think it's that big of a deal someone who is misogynist adorning yourself with the proverbial mask and cape didn't miraculously happen the moment you became an adult More likely than not, there's a history of trauma dating back to childhood that left you feeling rejected, abandoned, betrayed, and angry. Those emotions don't automatically resolve themselves. As a little black girl, the thing you needed the most was to be seen, heard, nurtured, protected, and loved without condition. When those needs aren't met, you don't get the skills needed to do life as the real you from an emotionally healthy place. If you find yourself in this episode and are ready to start your journey to healing, please consider joining us in the Sister Circle of Healing, a 12-week virtual experience for Black women to gather in a safe and sacred space for healing, connection, and transformation. Join us now at shadesofstrong.com forward slash SOS circle.
and has not been on the receiving end of misogyny is going to say, I don't see what the big deal is, you know? So I think that's where the distinction is important and that we remember it's about someone's reaction to whatever external thing is happening because your reactions are important. Your, your emotional reactions and your physical reactions are important. That's all information that you're being given to indicate that something's wrong or something has happened that is wrong. Exactly. So some of the traumas we uncovered in our four characters were abandonment, rejection, emotional neglect, physical neglect, all of that is trauma. And all of those things contributed to the way each of those characters moved and breathed and had their beings <laughs> the way they did life. And so, yeah, to get back to the barriers to healing, another barrier for me is that I have allowed people to tell me or I have allowed people to convince me that I should be over a thing <laughs> because um, I'm a certain age and it happened when I was a child or because um, months or years have passed. You know, there's no need to keep holding on to the past because pe people will tell you that or have you believing that you should be over a thing by now. But the reality is you don't have to be over a thing by a specific time. But because I allowed them to say that to me, then I started to believe that perhaps I should be over it by now. You know what I'm saying? So instead of dealing with it, I buried it. But even in burying it, burying it, it kept showing up in various ways. It showed up in me shrinking myself and silencing myself. It showed up in my relationship. It showed up in how I parented my children. It just kept showing up. <laughs> so the reality is you shouldn't be over it. You will be over it when you're over it. And yeah. you'll never be over it until you deal with it. I mean, you can be over it. You cannot be over something that you haven't dealt with. You can bury it, but That's you right. cannot be right. over it. Period. You don't have to be over anything in a specified period of time. And I see that a lot when people are grieving the loss of a loved one. People often put a um, people often put a time time limit on how long you should be grieving. When the reality is, in my opinion, the grieving process never really ends. You learn how to do life differently as a result of the loss and the manner in which you respond to the grief changes. But the grief is always there. So don't allow people to tell you that you should be over a thing. You'll be over it when you're over it. There is no time limit on healing or how long it's going to take you to get through a thing. Life just doesn't work that way. It doesn't. I can't say, oh, you and I went through this, went through this same thing. I went through it in 2010, and by 2012, I was over it. So um, you're going through it now. Just give it a couple of years from now, and you'll be fine. No, <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. <laughs> Number one, you don't know what kind of support system I have in place, and I don't know what kind of support system you have in place. So we can look at another person's 
circumstances and say, oh, it only it only took her a couple of months to get over it. So that's about how long it should take me. Humans don't function that way. They right. just don't. They just don't. <laughs> you know, anyway, we got to get ready to wrap it up. But another barrier is that oftentimes we treat symptoms. We treat the symptoms like we've been talking about. We treat, we treat the symptoms and not the cause. And in order to heal, you have to heal the course. You cannot heal the behaviors that happen as a result of the abandonment, the rejection, the emotional, the, the emotional neglect. You have to heal the abandonment, the rejection, and the emotional neglect. Those, that's the core of what's causing you to behave and react and respond in the way that you do. So that's the thing that we have to heal the thing. <laughs> we cannot have we cannot heal the um the behavior as a result of the thing. We have to heal the thing. Another barrier to healing is you don't think you deserve it. It's like that whole you should be over it by now, but in reverse, you don't think you should be over it by now. I remember when my brother passed in 2012 and my heart wasn't heavy every single day. As years progressed, my heart was heavy, heavy every single, single day. I found myself feeling like it's too soon to be over it. But again, I wasn't over it. I was grieving differently. And in grieving differently, I was celebrating his life rather than constantly stressing over and obsessing over and being angry about his death. So I wasn't necessarily over it by a specific time I was just grieving differently my grieving became a celebration of life you know so um and another instance was when um my daughter was sexually abused by her dad I remember wanting desperately to punish myself because in my opinion I missed so many signs like I missed all the signs that was a sign and that was a sign. And why didn't you question that? And so I was always in this sunken state because I had convinced myself that that's where I deserved to be. I had convinced myself that I didn't deserve to be happy. I didn't deserve to be whole. And a lot of times we can't get the healing we need because we don't think we deserve it. We we can't get the we can't get the healing we need because. We haven't forgiven ourselves for the role that we think we played in a thing. I had to forgive myself for air quotes missing the sign. Heavy stuff. It is, isn't it? And finally, we cannot get the healing we need because we're not honest about how it's affecting our lives. Will say, oh, I want, I want to be and do all the things. I love helping my friends and supporting my friends and, you know, running the errands for them. It just gives me such great joy to, to be able to do these things. And nobody's saying you shouldn't be there to support people. I'm saying you shouldn't do it to the detriment of your own health. That's what I'm saying. I used to be, I used to be that girl. I told myself that lie for years, all while crying myself to sleep every night, well, almost every night. But on the nights when I wasn't crying myself to sleep, I was Googling ways 
on how I could take my life to escape all of the unhappiness and the unrest that, that I was experiencing. So you, if you want to be healed, you have to be honest yeah. about how the thing is affecting your life. And burying it is not going to help you be honest about it. So, yeah, those are just a few barriers that kept Natty and I from getting the healing we needed. The bottom line is there are countless barriers to healing. It'll take too long. It'll be too hard. It'll feel too long. It'll hurt too much. All the things. I get it. But as Natty and I have said before, healing is uncomfortable. It's scary. And we are not going to sit here and lie and say that it's not. It's uncomfortable. And in more cases than not, it's going to hurt before it helps. But it's necessary. It is so necessary. So if any of this resonated with you, or if you find yourself in a space where you know that there is something keeping you from getting back to a life of wholeness and happiness. You need to acknowledge those things so that you can begin to move through them. You have to. There's just no way around it. So what's a good um what's a good prompt for this topic, Maddie? Just thinking about what your bar- your personal barriers to healing might be. You know, because like I said, it's it's hard to it's hard to do, to to work on any kind of barrier if you if you don't know what it is if you're unaware. So really think about it, and that relates to some of the the earlier prompts through the series. Like I think there was there was a day might have been with Annalise where we were talking about manipulation, and and I said something about well how to know if you're being manipulated or how to know if you're being a manipulator. Ask yourself these certain questions. So. Ask yourself some hard questions. Think about um, what we've both mentioned as barriers to our healing and just start there. Like, does that apply to you? Like, do you think like, oh, this is just like Shirley was saying, well, I I like being everything to everybody. I like being a, you know, ride or die chick, or I like doing all the stuff and, and um, taking those shorts and always just being like hardcore and can't nothing phase me, even though things phase everybody, but can I like being that person? Are you sure that's your personality? Because I'd venture to guess that it really isn't. And so since it isn't, then maybe that's one of your barriers to to healing. And it's a barrier because, no, you've you've got that thing up because you don't want to face what's on the other side of that. So, you know, just start there. And if what Shirley and I were talking about with our lives doesn't apply to you, you could still sit and really think for, for a couple of minutes because I guarantee you there's something. Absolutely. And that's is the beginning of the healing journey is to recognize what's keeping you from it. So I think that's a good place to wrap up day 29. Think about what is or are your barriers to healing and really sit with that. Then join us in the Sister Circle of Healing and give us the honor in supporting you and working through those barriers. Again, the link 
to join us will be in the show notes of this episode, along with the link to our Facebook community. And if you have questions about the Sister, sister Circle, or if you need support beyond this podcast episode, reach out to us on your favorite social media platform. We are Shades of Strong everywhere. Or you can send us an email at hi at shadesofstrong.com. All right. What you got, Natty, as we close this one out and head on to the final day? Um, just that I'm excited that we have finished this really fruitful series. This is really cool. And I'm very proud of us that we that we did this work because it was actually, you know, it's fun because we're talking about TV characters and stuff, but it's actually very important work. And I'm just like, wow, I'm just giving us all the snaps and all the props for, for getting because for getting this done. Yes, we definitely do. And we're glad that you guys have been hanging out with us throughout this journey. And we really do hope to see you in the Sister Circle of Healing and in our Facebook community. All right, guys, we're out. We'll be back tomorrow with the final episode of Uncaping, Unmasking, and Unhiding. Thank mm-hmm. you.